I solemnly swear that I will faithfully, diligently, and impartially execute and perform the duties required of me as a member of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and will well and truly obey and perform all lawful orders and instructions which I shall receive as such. The Queen's Men. For the first time, authentic stories of the world-famous Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Tales of men who for almost a hundred years have helped to keep peace in Canada. The Queen's Men. Queen's Men, true stories of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Names have been changed for family protection. And now transcribe the Queen's Men. smuggling case was the closest thing I've ever seen to the perfect crime. You were in on it, sir? Well, briefly, yes. Uh, most of it was carried by Corporal Dan Selkirk. The smuggler was a Britisher, wasn't he? Uh, no, Australian. Harry Prescott, his name was. <laughs> a likable, friendly chap. Not the sort of person you'd suspect of anything. Made friends easily and inspired liking and trust in them. It was in 1947 he came over on the line of Victoria... Most of the passengers were new to Canada, some new residents, some businessmen. From what we were able to piece together afterwards, uh, Prescott made a lot of friends on board. He even gave a little party the night before their arrival in Vancouver. It's hard to believe it's your last night on the shipboard. <laughs> yes, and a little sad, too. It's been a very pleasant crossing. Oh, we all agree with you there, and the next stop is Canada. <laughs> you haven't been there before, have you? No, but I can't tell you how I'm looking forward to it. It's been my highest aspiration for many years to settle in Western Canada and huh? get established there in my profession. You, uh, you haven't said much about your work, Prescott. Oh, it's rather dull to the layman. You're in business, aren't you? Oh, yes, yes. Well, you see, uh, I'm on the scientific end of things. Oh, a scientist, eh? More or less. It's pretty complicated. I'm working on a couple of experiments. If they're successful, then I'll be more inclined to talk about my work. What kind of business are you in? Oh, uh, automotive industry. And are you settling in Canada? No, no, no. It's just a routine business trip. Uh, I make one or two a year, you know. But it's a fine country. I'm sure you'll like it. Oh, I'm sure I will. Yes, tomorrow sees the beginning of a new life for me. From what I know and have heard about Canada, I'm confident of success in this new country. 
It's my aim to make my fortune here and settle down quietly on one of the beautiful islands on the coast. Well, a toast to you, Prescott. Good luck. Step right up, sir. Your name, please. Harry Prescott, from Murraytown, Australia. Prescott, Prescott. Oh, yes, here we are. I think they're going through your effects right now. You have a number of large, heavy boxes among your things, haven't you? Yeah, too right I have. And what's in those boxes? Mostly books and laboratory equipment. Your occupation? Scientist. What kind of scientist? Working on those robots, Jim. Oh, fine. This is Mr. Prescott right here. How do you, sir? Your effects have been cleared. Everything's in order. Oh, fine. I'll take the bags and the trunk along to my hotel. Uh -huh. But I wonder if you could deliver the 12 boxes for me. Oh, certainly, sir. Where to, sir? Nick, please. Step this way, madam. It's a warehouse here in Vancouver. Now, just a minute. I, I have the address written down at... Right here somewhere. Hey, there's no hurry, Mr. Prescott. Oh, I thought you men would be pretty rushed. Oh, no, not today. Quietly, this... Seems like this boatload contained a real honest bunch of people. We found nothing suspicious at all. <laughs> oh, uh, did you expect to? Oh, we always keep our eyes open. Smuggling is a popular racket these days. Really? Mm -hmm. What kind of smuggling? Well, the most lucrative is gold. Difficult to get by with, of course, and the penalty is stiff, but for anyone who can get away with it, the returns are tremendous. So we have to keep a sharp eye out. Yes, I should certainly think so. Oh, uh, here's the address. <laughs> Harry Prescott settled down quietly in a Vancouver hotel. Thus began the second phase in an almost perfectly planned crime. The Canadian government had by that time appointed the Foreign Exchange Control Board, under whose provisions the export and import of gold was declared illegal, except under direct permit from the government. And why did this order affect Mr. Harry Prescott? Well, because secreted in the most ingenious way in the 12 heavy boxes of so-called books and laboratory equipment were 124 bars of almost pure gold with the approximate value of $120,000. The Canadian laws had already been broken with the landing of the gold on Canadian soil, and Prescott's next task was to dispose of the stuff. He began to make friends, and the people of Vancouver liked this man with the Australian accent, who had such a keen interest in all matters concerning the new land. He sought his acquaintances among jewelers and firms engaged in the purchase and manufacture of gold rings, watches, and instruments. He sat and listened, and piled up information. Oh, yes, we have to report every purchase of gold to the assay office, which is under government control. I would certainly think so. Mind you, we're allowed to buy reclaimed gold in the form of watches, rings, and mountings for teeth, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing, <laughs> and to pay for these by arrangement with the customer. Oh, uh, you can do that, can oh, you? Oh, but then we have to forward to the city police department a list of such articles purchased every day. I see. And, um... I suppose you have to record the name and address of the person you bought them from. Oh, indeed we do. There's a severe penalty for evading that. Yes, of course. Uh, this procedure, I can see, is valuable to the police for tracing stolen articles. Yeah, that's the idea. Hey, Mr. Prescott, you're pretty interested in the jewellery business. Yes, I'm interested in every kind of business. It's pretty much out of my line, and I always like to know more about other people's activities. <laughs> You're sure uh, you're not a private dick trying to pin huh? something on me? <laughs> I assure you I'm not. <laughs> Just a harmless scientist. But you know, 
I expect it would be pretty hard to get away with anything in view of your strict laws about gold. Yep, it's a smart man that can do that. I, uh, I suppose quite a few people have tried from time to time around this city. Oh, they sure have. You know, I almost got into serious trouble myself once. I bought some stuff from a big gold smelting company and then found out that the fellow had obtained it illegally. Police got in on it, did they? Well, a matter of fact, they didn't. I found out about it myself and made this fellow take it back. I didn't want any trouble, and I warned him he'd better take it easy, too. Mind you, he was pretty grateful. They never got anything on him, but uh, I've certainly kept away from him and any dealings with him since. <laughs> He's um, still in business in Vancouver, is he? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, uh, you don't know how he's operating? No, no, as I said, I, I keep out of his way. Well, that's interesting, because I have a friend in the gold business. He's new here, too, and, of course, he's strictly honest. I'd appreciate knowing this fellow's name so that I can warn my friend to keep away from him, too. Well, uh, oh, I guess it's all right to tell you. Mind you, I wouldn't want to get him into any trouble, though. In case he's decided to go straight. Now, you won't mention this to anyone else, huh? Oh, certainly not. I'll give you my word. Think he die. Well, he's Ben Souter of the Western Gold Smelting Company. Well, thanks for tipping me off. <laughs> well, you know, we gold dealers want to stick together <laughs> to keep the profession on the up and up, you know? I agree with you 100%. You can't be too careful. <laughs> Mr. Souter? Yes. Come in, come in. You're Mr. Prescott. That's right. Please sit down. Uh, thank you. I'm sorry I kept you waiting so long. I got all tied up on the phone. Quite all right. I've got lots of time. Well, you mentioned on the phone that you were interested in some information about gold. Yes. Uh, I have a brother arriving shortly from Australia. He intends to establish a small manufacturing business. He's a watchmaker. Oh, yes? And he asked me to send him some information about the availability of gold in this country. Oh, I see. I've heard you're one of the biggest men in the business. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Well, uh, I'm sure you know more about it than I do, at any rate. I thought you might be willing to show me around a bit, to uh, introduce me to the market, so to speak. You're new here yourself, I gather. Yes. And may I ask your business? I'm... Rather interested in gold myself. Oh, that's so? Yes. From what I've heard about you, it occurred to me we might get along quite well. And so Prescott began to cultivate Ben Souter, trying to find out whether the rumor of dishonesty in connection with him had any foundation. It doesn't take long for two crooks to understand each other, and after testing the ground thoroughly, they got down to business. Together, they began to plan the safest and most lucrative way to unload the gold bars. They made a good team, Prescott in possession of the metal, and Souter having the connections and necessary knowledge of how to evade the law. Well, Harry, I think I've worked out the best plan. Canadian laws are too tough. No one's ever got away with it yet that I know of. So what do you suggest? This. If you were able to smuggle it into Canada, you could probably get it safely over the border into the States, couldn't you? Possibly. Well, I know a big dealer in Chicago. I've already contacted him. He's very eager. He'll take all you have to offer and make a trip up here first to discuss the plans with you. How do you know he can be trusted? Now, I've dealt with him before. He's okay. You don't worry about that. Now, he'll get us a better price, and it's a whole lot safer. Well, that isn't a bad idea. Not bad at all. 
Now, the question is, then, to decide first how much you want to sell him. How much does he want? Well, he wants all you got. Does he know how much I've got? No, but whatever it is, he wants it. I'll sell him half. 60000 worth. Well, why not the whole works? Why keep half of it around? Might be discovered. Not where I've got it hidden. Now, I want to hang on to half of it. Price may go up. 60000 will do fine for now. Well, that's your decision, then, huh? That's it. How soon can we make the arrangements? Well, he said he'd come up on 24 hours' notice. I'll phone him tonight, and you'd better put your mind to the business of getting that stuff across the border. All right, Ben, here's the plan. I'm pretty good with tools, see? I figure I'll hide the gold in the chassis of my car. We'll take it out into the country somewhere to do the job. You know of a good, safe place? I sure do. Look, I've got a small farm just outside town. We can drive the car out there and do the job in the barn. Good. I think I'd better go across the border alone, and you cross by bus and meet me in some small town just across the border. Yeah. How about Greenville? It's about 70 miles south. It's mm -hmm. big enough that I can check into a hotel and meet you there without attracting any attention. That sounds fine. Then we'll drive on to Chicago together and close the deal. Yeah. How'd you like my friend, Harry? Frankly, I didn't like him a bit. Personally, that is. From a business point of view, he's exactly the man I want. This is a good plan you've worked out, Harry. What do you figure? A couple of days before we cross? Yeah, probably Thursday. Ah, Thursday it is. We're all set, Harry. It's all so simple. Nothing can possibly go wrong. They were right about one thing. It was beautifully simple. And that, of course, was where Prescott had always been so clever. Crossing the border, Prescott had no trouble at the immigration office. He exchanged pleasantries with the officials as they gave his car a cursory search. He stated that his business in Chicago was to inquire about equipment for his laboratory. Then he was allowed to pass through the routine customs examination on the United States side of the line. He walked towards his car. The worst part of the trip was over. But he was about to get into the car... And he was approached by a tall, grim-looking United States Customs officer. Well, excuse me, sir. Yes? I'll have to ask you to wait a while. Well, why, certainly. May I ask what for? A routine check. We've been tipped off that smuggled gold is on its way through somewhere. We'll have to do a thorough search of your car. Will you step this way, please? just a moment, we'll return for the second part of this true story of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, The Queen's Men. And now we return you to The Queen's Men. Prescott was just a few hours short of unloading half his gold bars and acquiring plenty of the ready cash to fulfill his many dreams and aspirations. But justice in the form of the United States Customs Department had interrupted his dream of fortune. It took but a few minutes to discover that gold hidden in Prescott's car, and it was then that the RCMP got in on the case. 
I was O.C. at the detachment in Vancouver, and I called instantly on Corporal Selkirk, who was attached for special duty to the Foreign Exchange Control Board. You wanted to see me, sir? Oh, yes, Corporal. Uh, sit down. Uh, what are you working on at the moment? Oh, going through some reports. Just routine work. Mm -hmm. There's nothing urgent. Good. Then I want you to clean up your desk and be ready to leave for Seattle tonight. Sure. What's the routine, sir? A word has just come from the United States Customs Branch there that a fellow named Harry Prescott from Vancouver was picked up at the border, charged with illegally transporting 62 bars of gold into the United States. Hey, he's a big operator. You know anything about him? No, sir, not a thing. Never heard of him. Well, I'll assign someone to investigate him this afternoon. The U.S. authorities have seized the gold, of course. Our job is to find out about this man and if he has any more gold hidden here in Vancouver. Yeah, it's quite possible he has. It won't be easy to get the information out of him, of course. That's why I'm sending you, Selkirk. You've a special training along those lines, and I've noticed you have an aptitude for it as well. Sure glad of the assignment, sir. There's the question of where he obtained the gold in the first place. That's right. They've arrested him and taken him to police headquarters in Seattle. And they want someone from this office to go and have a talk to him. I want you to go, Selkirk, and find out all you can. We'll have some information on him by the time you return. You leave tonight. Your papers are all in order. Where are you taking me to, officer? Friend of yours, see it. Friend of mine? May I ask who? Canadian, anyways. Member of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Oh, I see. Dale talks in this room here. Well, here he is, Corporal. All right, go along in. Thank you, officer. I'll notify you when I'm through. I'll be right outside the door, Corporal. You're Harry Prescott? That is correct. I'm Corporal Selkirk of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. I'm very glad to see you, Corporal. You know, this whole thing is most embarrassing. Yeah, I should think it would be. It's all a misunderstanding. Although I can see how the mistake was made. Oh, you feel this was a false arrest then? Well, as I say, I can understand how it came about. You see, I'm afraid I wasn't aware of the proper method of transporting my gold. Okay, let's start there. You say you're gold, Mr. Prescott. You're the owner of the gold then? Oh, yes, I'm a legitimate owner. How did you come by it? Well, I've accumulated it by honest hard work over a period of years in Australia. And I began to fear an attack by Japan at some later date. And I was anxious to remove it to a safe place where invasion would be improbable. So you brought it to Canada? Yes. Did you declare the gold when you brought it in? No, I didn't know the law about that until later. I mean, until it was too late to declare it. Well, why was it too late? Well, you see, it would have appeared as though I deliberately smuggled the gold into Canada, which wasn't my intention at all. Nor to smuggle it into the United States? No, certainly not. Brought it over here simply because I could get a higher price for it. You claim, then, that you've had no dishonest intentions at all? None whatever, Corporal. Well, in that case, you'll be willing to cooperate with us in whatever way you can. Why, certainly. Anything, anything at all you want to know. Well, first of all, there's the matter of the remaining gold. The rest of your supplies still in Vancouver should be registered with a foreign exchange control board. Uh, well, now uh, that you've discovered your mistake in not registering the gold in the first place, it'll prove your good intentions. And it's the job of the RCM police now to locate it, subject to decision by the courts as to its legal ownership. 
I see. If you can establish that it does belong to you and pay duty on it, you'll get it back. Well, well, uh, there is some further gold in Vancouver, as a matter of fact, and I, I realize now my error in not reporting it. Good. If you'll just tell me where the gold is located... I'd like to give the matter some thought first, Corporal, and take it up briefly with my lawyer. He's on his way down here now. Why? Is uh, that all you want me for now? Oh, pretty nearly. One or two minor things I'd like to ask you about. Now, make yourself comfortable. Cigarette? Well, uh, don't mind if I do. More comfortable here than in my cell anyway. Morning, Corporal. Have a nice trip. Fine. Inspector in? Yep, set to send you in the minute you arrive. <laughs> Come in. Oh, Corporal. Good morning, sir. My train just got in. I came straight up. Well, how is Seattle? Uh, you saw this fellow Prescott? I sure did. Found out he has more gold secreted in Vancouver. Good work. Where's he got it? Oh, he's not telling. I trapped him into admitting he had it. But he was smart enough to say he wanted to think it over and consult with his lawyer before disclosing its whereabouts. I see. Well, what do you make of that? I think he's going to hand over the gold in an attempt to clear himself. But for some reason, he doesn't want us to know its hiding place. Hmm. And how is his attitude? Oh, tried playing innocent, of course. Wasn't his intention at all to smuggle it into Canada or into the States. He was just ignorant of the laws, he said. Hmm. Any information about how he came by the gold in the first place? Oh, says he owns it. Earned it honestly. <laughs> but he had no evidence at all. Did you find out anything from this answer? Uh, not much. He's been here three months from Australia. Registered at the Dawson Hotel. New to the country. Never been here before. Mm, and he must have made some friends since he got here. I'd like to know his accomplice. Or maybe he has more than one. Well, we've been working on that, of course, but haven't got anything so far. Sorry to barge in, sir, but you said if we got anything further on Prescott... Oh, yes, Stevens. What is it? Maybe not relevant, but I've been posted at his hotel... And a phone call just came in for Prescott from Greenville, just across the border. Greenville, huh? Who from? Uh, Mr. Jones. But the hotel manager says he recognized the voice as that of a man who's been visiting Prescott at the hotel a great deal these past weeks. Ah. Does he know the man's real name? No, he can't remember. He'd remember it if he heard it, he says. Mm, Stevens, check with the border officials. See you crossed in the past few days from Vancouver. Yes, sir. Uh, excuse me. Hello? Yes? Oh, yes. Yes, Mr. Wainwright, I see. Uh, would you mind telling me where it is so that we can pick it up ourselves? Oh, is that so? Uh, very well. Yes, you have it delivered here as soon as you can. Thank you. Goodbye. Selkirk, that was D.G. Wainwright, Prescott's lawyer. Really? Yes. He's going to bring us the rest of the gold, but won't tell us where it is. Now, you take a couple of men. Get over to Wainwright's office immediately. Watch him. See where he goes. They've got a good reason for not wanting us to know where the hiding place of that gold is. Now, see if you can find it. And hurry. I hope we haven't missed him, Corporal. Yeah. It's a big office building. He could have got out without us seeing him. Or maybe he left before we got here. Who is this Wainwright? A very clever lawyer. Just the kind a man like Prescott would get. He always stays within the law, but he causes us a lot of trouble. Quick thing you know what he looks like. I have a feeling that if we can find where that gold is stored, we'll also find the evidence we want against Prescott. That makes sense. Otherwise, it wouldn't go so anxious to... Wait a minute. I think... Yeah, 
Here he comes. Wainwright? Just coming out, that short, fat fella. Don't look directly at him. Look past him. He's getting into a car, thank goodness. He'll be easy to follow. Yeah, start her up. We'll have to stay pretty close to him in this traffic. Let's not lose him now. Constable Thompson, Inspector here. On that uh, gold smuggling case, uh, Harry Prescott, I just got an answer from the border about the information Stevens was requesting. They say a Ben Suter from Vancouver crossed the border yesterday traveling by bus. Now, here's what I want you to do. Put a check on all Greenville hotels. See if he's staying there. Yeah, that's right. Now then, also see what you can find out about him from this end. He'll probably be in the gold business. Start with jewelers and dealers. Let me know as soon as you find anything. Good. Yes, that's all. Selkirk, what on earth have you got there? Uh, right here, okay, Corporal? Yeah. Thanks, Stevens. Here, sir, is our evidence on Harry Prescott. Box. This is only one of 12. He had them stored at Bleakness Warehouse. That's where we tell Wainwright, too. Well, let's see the box. Looks empty, doesn't it? Looks empty? What well, is empty? We dumped a stack of books and junk out of it, but now watch, sir. Stevens, you still got that hammer? Here you are, Corporal. Thanks. A false bottom. Yes, sir. There you are. Well, I... In these 12 be... neatly chiseled sections, Prescott had hidden his solid gold bars. The gold has been removed from half the boxes. We took possession of the rest. Hmm. So he brought this into the country in perfect innocence, did he? You'll have trouble making that story stick now, sir. <laughs> yes? Yes, Thompson? How's that right? Yes, go on. Gold and smelting company, eh? Uh, looks like our man, all right. Fine, I'll take it from here. Well, Selkirk, the accomplice is one Ben Souter, at the moment waiting for his friend Prescott in Greenville. Souter? Why, I know him. He's nearly slipped a couple of times. Well, he's slipped properly this time. I'd better notify officials in Greenville to pick him up before he makes a break for it. Well, this cleans up the case, Corporal. You did a fine job. <laughs> And so Prescott couldn't talk his way out of that one. He finally pleaded guilty, did he? Yes. To a charge of smuggling gold into the United States. Now, he served a sentence down there, and on his arrival back in Canada, he was immediately deported. Did you ever find out where he got the gold? Yes. Oh, he had obtained it illegally, of course, in Australia. He was dealt with by officials there as soon as he was sent back. <laughs> and so the nearly perfect crime was utterly shattered. Authentic stories of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. 
Music under the direction of Sidney Torch. Script and adaptation under the supervision of John Adaskin. Produced and directed by Harry Allen Towers.